We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. And welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday evening, or the 10th day of 2023, January 10th. Man, time is flying by, and that's, I guess it's a good thing. We're accelerating towards uh, some improvement here and some resolution in this Broncos coaching search, but obviously we're going to talk about the day and anything else. But first, I got to say hello to my guy, Carl. Carl, how you doing? Welcome in to everybody, to Carl and I on uh, building the Broncos. What's new? How are your Tuesdays going? Uh, Tuesdays going good. I had a good day of work and got my run in already. So I don't even have to do that this evening. And I uh, got some time with the kids and now getting to, to sit down for the evening with you fine folks. So yeah, it's just been a good day and you know, a lot of, a lot of good things going for the Broncos. I mean, we've, yeah. I'm sure we've talked Hopefully. quite a bit. Yeah. About the head coaching list and everything else. And uh, we'll talk about that some more here tonight, but uh, I, I like a lot of the the guys that they've picked, and I know a lot of people kind of want to expand the list, but I, I still I'm kind of liking the guys that they already have right here. Yeah, it's uh, will be interesting. We'll see if they add more. There's obviously preliminary interviews. They're seeming to in Zoom interview everybody besides the guy that we're going to talk about today for our main segment in Ijiro Evero. But uh, first, before we get into that, let's say hello to some people joining the chat here. We got our guy Todd Ostendorf coming in saying good evening, gents, and Broncos country. Good evening to you, Todd. Hope you're doing well. Hope 2023 is off to a good start for you. Todd also comes in and said, well, there you have it. Proof the NFL saw and appreciated what Evero was able to do with that Broncos defense. He deserves and earned an interview with the Broncos. I'm very glad the Broncos are interviewing him. He definitely deserved deserves a chance to do that. Still a little bit of an eyebrow raise uh, that he didn't take the interim head coaching position. Granted, we wouldn't have the fun interviews of uh, Jerry Rosberg. If that yeah. was the case or press conferences, I guess. But uh He's getting a chance now and uh, obviously like getting into it. Uh, he had a live interview with the Broncos brass today. I have not heard many detail, much details about the, obviously anything they talked about the length of the interview, et cetera, et cetera, how it went. Uh, but first live interview, I think him and Harbaugh are the only two candidates they could have a live interview with. They had a zoom one with uh, Harbaugh yesterday, but uh, yep. Is your ever a first official interview uh, for the Broncos? Yeah, and I'm not sure how much the interview really matters too much with him. I mean, they they know him. He's been in the building. They know what he brings to the table. 
and you know maybe they're asking a little bit of just what's your plan what would you do differently compared to what's happened this past year and what it's kind of a tough situation because you're you're asking him to the dog on his best friend in nathaniel hackett and say yeah my best friend he doesn't know what he's doing this is how you should have done it you know that kind of thing so it, it always kind of puts you in a weird place but at the same time nfl circles are really small and so everybody's going to be somehow connected in some way and so i guess you're going to have to at some point badmouth somebody that you know and appreciate and um but yeah he is being seen around the league like todd said here of just putting together a a pretty good defense for the broncos obviously kind of fell off there the second half of the season if you want to blame it on the scheme i guess you can a little some of it probably injuries I mean, when you lose a lot of your top pass rushers there for most of the second half of the season, you know, you traded one away. The other one played, what, two games? Yeah. And Randy Gregory, um, you know, Browning coming back from an injury just didn't look like his usual self as early in the season. Draymond got injured there. DJ Jones injured. You know, so a lot of big name players going down for the Broncos. And uh, and he still kind of held it together those last three games. Unfortunately, we're kind of left a bad taste in my mouth of the defense and, you know, they just weren't playing up to, to the par of what they were earlier in the year. But overall, still, I liked a lot of what Evero brought to the table. Yeah, 100%. It was a tumultuous season for him personnel-wise. I mean, we heard when the Broncos traded away Bradley Chubb how disappointed uh, he was with everything, uh, with the... You know, is it going to be hard for you to do to move on from him? Yeah, it is because we lost one of our best edge setters, pass rushers, and a force player up for us, and the Broncos' defense fell off. I mean, the last three games of the year, I'm not going to hold it against him, but the Broncos, in terms of EPA per play, had the third worst defense in the NFL the last three games. And yep. obviously, the Rams not punting a single time uh, hurts them a lot. But I mean, they were out there with you know Wyatt Ray took a lot of edge snaps those final three uh, final games. You had Deshaun Williams getting escorted uh, by opposing offensive linemen and run plays. You had Alex Singleton playing edge snaps. I mean, they were depleted on that defensive yeah. line, edge and interior. I mean, DJ Jones and Draymond Jones missing missing those final few games. So don't hold that against him. Uh, the defense definitely fell apart uh, there at the end, and he deserves to. He deserves some credit uh, for how this defense is. Also, they were taking the ball away. Um, so that was a good thing to see down the stretch there as well. Michael yeah. Ronquillo coming in with some stars. We appreciate you, big guy, saying good evening, Nick and Carl, on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Go, Michael. Hope you're doing well down there in uh, Tucson, Arizona, if I recall correctly. Uh, we appreciate you coming in and supporting us over on Facebook. Let's say hello to some more people coming in here. We got Linda Clark coming in on YouTube saying, awesome, wanted him all along. Uh, and I misspoke earlier. The Broncos have interviewed or met with, I don't know if it's an interview, Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh as well, obviously. And now you have a first in-person interview that is Ejiro Evero. So it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Jay Kozad saying, I don't think he gets hired this year, but he's getting his name out there. I mean, certainly possible he's getting hired, Carl. Uh, you, we talked about it before, so he's had some interviews with uh, other teams. Yeah. Set up. So, yeah, he's going to – teams put in requests. Now, whether he takes them or not, we'll have to see. But uh, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I'm not sure if I was a first-time head coach, if I'd want to walk into either of those situations right now, you know, especially Houston. Just got done firing two coaches two straight years and just kind of a pretty chaotic environment there. Now, you got yourself a, a top three pick in the draft. 
So maybe you can really rebuild really quickly, get yourself a starting quarterback, all those kind of things. But two firsts. Also, they have the Browns first right. round pick. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And and so, the, I mean, that part of it's set up well. But beyond that, like I said, just you're seeing a lot of players that are already down there in Houston going, I kind of want out. I don't want to be here for this. And they're, they're not being quiet about it. Usually a lot of players kind of keep it behind the scenes, you know, kind of work the media. Nope, they're just flat out going out in front of everybody. I'm gone. Cooks is a great example. I don't want to be here for this. And uh, so I'm not sure that's one I'd want to take. Colts, there, there's talent there. And you kind of wonder, was this more of a Jeff Saturday problem because he was way over his head? Or was this just the team really struggled that much? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure exactly where that's at. And I just need to say see, because, I mean, Jim Mercer is probably one of the few owners I'd be like, I really don't want to work for this guy. He is, <laughs> he's all over the board. You never know what yeah. you're going to get from him on a, a weekly basis. And so, um, but still, like you said, getting his name out there, getting these interviews. And it, it's kind of like, I remember when Vance Joseph came and interviewed for a defensive coordinator is set up where the Broncos loved him so much in that interview is set up where they wanted him the next time around when they're going for head coach. Obviously that didn't work out, but these interviews do really matter whether you get the job or not. Yeah, no, you are hundred percent correct with that. It matters. And it matters even just getting an interview at all. Uh, well, also what matters Phil coming in and supporting us saying good evening, Nick, Carl and Deacon Scott hashtag go Broncos hashtag MHH for life. Thank you so much, Phil. We appreciate you coming in and supporting us rocking that beautiful old school throwback helmet in your picture there. We appreciate that as well. Uh, we got our guy, Brendan coming in here, Brendan uh, saying, no, keep him at DC, a de- defensive coordinator for his Euro Evero. Yeah. It does sound like he's getting a lot of interviews here, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. If as Evero is back in Denver as the defensive coordinator, as long as he is interested in doing this, interested in coming back. Obviously this is a team that fired his best friend or one of his best friends in Nathaniel Hackett and turned down that interim tag, uh, kind of in protest to his, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's firing, but definitely the Broncos would compensate him to keep him at defensive coordinator and the Broncos have him under contract. Uh, he would have to be let go of, uh, to go take a defensive coordinator spot elsewhere. Unless obviously somebody hired him as a head coach, then you cannot deny a coach um, from going to a coordinator spot to a head coaching position like you can for, Everything else, according to my knowledge, at least the my latest understanding of the rules are constantly changing these head coaching uh, search rules. So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't quote me on that. So that's just my latest understanding of it. Uh, And one other thing here that probably pushes the Broncos hard to keep is Euro Evero and House. And this is just the business of it. Uh, But teams are compensated compensatory picks now if they have a minority coach get promoted if they've been in the organization for two years. Uh, so this would only be one year with his year ever. If he went mm-hmm. elsewhere, or you let him go, then you get nothing in return to and draft comp, uh, draft compensation, blah, compensation. If they keep him another year and he moves on or gets a head coaching position or something like that, then he, you can get a, I think as early as a fourth round pick back, uh, it might be a fifth, but you can get some compens- uh, compensation back. So something yeah. to keep in mind as well with this is your ever. Uh, coaching position and if the Broncos want to back at defensive coordinator or not, I think you could see the ownership group maybe pushing whoever's the head coach uh, to keep him on staff. Yeah. And and a few of the guys that are possibly going to be interviewed here for the Broncos have a lot of real connections with him. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's not completely out there in left field for the Broncos to be able to keep him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it sounds like a lot of these guys have liked him in the past, respected his abilities and, you know, and I, I do think he's going to be a really hot candidate just in the fact he's worked every side of the ball, yep. special teams, defense, and offense. He's done it all. And I really like that in a coach. I think it's great that you get to see all of how that works within the building. Um, and just to have that, that full picture that I think some of these guys get so focused in, this is my side of the ball, this is what I'm doing. And you're a glorified coordinator that's been given the head coach position. And that doesn't always work out. Kind of like Nathaniel Hackett this year for the Broncos. He can handle everything that an offense coordinator can handle. But now all of a sudden you put those head coach duties in his lap. And we saw he just was was in over his head. That's where they had to bring in Rosberg because they, he needed help in game. That's why they took play calling duties away from him because it was just getting to be too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, – you know, again, having a guy that kind of understands all sides of the ball is a, a huge asset to have in the building. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's say hello to some more people in the chat here. Uh, we got our guy. I had it right here. Mike S coming in saying, "What's up, Broncos country?" Uh, most definitely, if he's out, it's Houston. We'll see. Also, you got Bar- Gary Blah Blah coming in saying, "Poor Houston." I don't feel too bad for Houston. Um, it's the NFL, and uh, is what it is. Uh, Todd also saying Texans have been drafting the top five for a while now, and it will eventually get better. Does sound like they might also be. Moving on from, you mentioned uh, Brandon Cooks being forcing his way out. I don't blame him one bit. Does sound like also it's possible that Randy Tunsil might be on the move again because he wants another big contract. And where that team is at, giving that player a third big contract, maybe better to get you know some cost, young cost control players there for that rebuild that they are in the midst of. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we also got Yeah Right coming in saying, dudes, dudes <laughs> right back at you. Hope you're doing well. Yeah Right, we appreciate you. Um, we also got our guy Richard Miles coming in, always the beautiful bald eagle pick. Always appreciate seeing that. Our guy Michael Rome saying, Evening Broncos fam, love hearing your input, Nick and Carl. More so Carl than me. Um, too much input coming from me from time to time, but we appreciate that. And Mark coming in here with an interesting question. Is Draymond Jones worth $20 million a year for 6.5 sacks? Well, the 6.5 sacks, uh, 
this is a tough one for me. Honestly, I've been coming back and forth on this. I'm a big Draymond Jones fan. I don't know if he's worth top five interior defensive line money. I'd be looking to pay him more like 17 million a year if that's possible. He's a very good player. I like him more in a scheme like the Ajiro Evero one where he gets a lot more single gap assignments. I don't really love him in a more two gap heavy scheme. So what are the Broncos defense going to look like next year? Is it still going to be Ajiro Evero? Uh, so also the other thing is at 6.5 sacks, sacks, and you'll hear me say this all offseason when we're talking about uh, evaluating pass rushers, sacks are very fickle and volatile and fluctuate a lot. A much better stat to lean your hat on as far as predictive and value would be pressures. Uh, a lot of times sacks don't always, our pressures don't equal sacks, but pressures are much more predictive year to year. And Draymond Jones, I think he was fifth this year in pressure rate per game for interior defensive linemen. Uh, and I think he was third in pass rush win rate. Uh, so it's a tough conversation. Uh, he's a very valuable player. The defense fell off. A, it fell off a cliff after they lost, not a cliff. It fell a bit after they lost Bradley Chubb and it fell off mm -hmm. a cliff after they lost Draymond Jones. Uh, right. We talked about losing. They lost Draymond Jones for the Arizona Cardinals against Trace McSorley. la -dee da That was a, that team might've lost to Georgia last night. That Arizona team that we saw, uh, what was a week 15 for the Broncos. And uh, then the last three weeks, they were horrible. One of the worst pass rush teams. They reminded me of last year, how bad their pass rush was and losing Draymond Jones was a big reason for that. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's kind of tough. Signing him really means you're pretty limited on what else you can do this off season. Mm -hmm. You're going to be bringing in a lot of pretty low signings at that point. You know, there's one to two year contracts that you can get out of pretty quick. And, you know, if you get a guy like Jim Harbaugh, well, his identity is that offensive line, you know, Michigan. Then they win the best offensive line in college football. It was either last year or this year, or maybe both. You're you're correct in both. Yes. Both. both yes. Years. I think it was both. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you see that, like they want this offensive line to be, be dominant. And so what would he want for the Broncos? You know, would he say, Hey, I want that 20 million. I want to divide it up between, uh, you know, a, a pretty decent right tackle and, and a left guard or a center that I'm going to go be willing to pay for something for, you know, yeah. and I'd rather spend it on that offensive line, getting a couple pieces rather than one great interior pass rusher. And, you know, I think the other thing that plays into this a little bit is you just drafted two guys this last year for the interior defense though. line. I, I know. And, but Henningsen finished at, on the uh, second team rookie. Hmm. I don't know how, but BFF? <clears throat> no, I can't remember what website it was. I think it was, uh, the NFL journal or something like that. I can't remember thin year, if that's the case, thin, thin year, but, yeah. uh... <laughs> but you know, again, you're kind of looking at those guys saying, okay, do we think that they can develop into something for us? Hmm. You know, Ruzurike was getting a decent run here at the end of the year because of injuries, getting some snaps. Yeah. So at least he got a little bit of tape on him and it wasn't great by any means, <laughs> but, uh, so you're kind of thinking of that, of how much can we really contribute to these kind of assets at this position when we've like, when we've tried to mitigate that with the draft we're mm -hmm. offensive line, we've added nothing through the draft for a while here, at least this last year. And so now we really need to, to get something going here, I guess. Okay. They did take a center from Washington state there, but Washington. Uh, or Washington. Yeah. And, and so again, it, it's, how are you going to divide up those assets? Because there are some limitations there. Yeah. 
For sure. It'll be really interesting to follow that dynamic uh, this season, no doubt. Also, is Draymond going to want to come back and play for a Michigan man and Jim Harbaugh? I mean, I just don't know. These are the hard-hitting questions, <laughs> if Jim Harbaugh comes, of course. But that's one of the questions of the offseason for me, Mark. I almost hearken it back to Malik Jackson. We're like, we really, really like you. $20 million a year, do we love you? I don't know. Um, it's it's a tough one, no doubt. We've got our guy William coming in saying good evening, Jets, uh, gents. Good to see you. We appreciate you coming and joining us. Eddie says Draymond Jones is a must sign. It would be great to have him back. It's yep. going to cost a lot. Um, Albert Knoppers saying, just saying hi, guys. Well, hopefully you just stuck around as well. Appreciate you. Uh, Mike Woodward coming in saying evening, everyone getting that three in there um, with the uh, probably by accident. But uh, either way, it's it's we're Russell Wilson season still. Uh, we got our guy Joe Brewer saying 15 million at most. You're not going to get Draymond for 15 million. No. It's going to be, I'm guessing, probably 18, 18.5. And obviously, you can kind of fudge the numbers a bit with guarantees and how the contract right. is set up. Broncos have plenty of liquid cash. So that's not a worry anymore. They can put a bunch in, what's the word? I always forget what the word is where you have to put the money into something to get escrow. I always want to say furlough, escrow. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, and the new defense, if they're going to be playing a defense, who knows? Uh, Julian Hawkins coming in on Facebook. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, we got a lot of viewers live right now. Uh, please give us a thumbs up, give us a heart reaction, and uh, subscribe to the show on Facebook or YouTube. We'd appreciate the heck out of that. Julian saying, DeAndre Hopkins in orange and blue. That would be great. Love you guys. Well, we love you, Julian. Appreciate you. I can't imagine the Broncos giving up the draft capital to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Right. That being said, he'd be a very fun player. It's just the Broncos, they have a need at wide receiver, but they don't have a hole, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, Corlin Sutton's here. Tim Patrick's going to be here. Maybe KJ Hamler's gone. Jerry Judy's here. Uh, I just can't imagine giving up a first-round pick or both those thirds or something to bring in DeAndre Hopkins right. uh, at this point. Be a great player. Love him. I think he'd be a great fit. Just I don't see the Broncos using their resources that way this season, at least that, that level of resources. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we got Garth Knight coming in here with a 499 Super Chat saying, if the Broncos don't get Harbaugh, I'll be sad. Jim and Russ would be a great duo trying to out-crazy each other with their football obsession. Yeah, I, I, I do think from a football standpoint, I really do think Jim Harbaugh is the best fit, at least play style and what he's going to want to do with this team with Russ. I don't know about personality, how well they would me mesh with each other. Uh, because, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, he's a tough personality. <clears throat> like, uh, I, I don't know if you listen to a lot of the players they interviewed that have that played in the Big Ten, and they asked them about, like, would you like to play for Jim Harbaugh? And every single one of them, no. Like, I mean, they were very – that was, like, no one comment. thing that they were very adamant about was that they were just like, no, I don't want to play for this guy. 
And so there, there is some bad blood there. They, they really just did not like like him at all. And I understand, like, there's rivalries and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you would think, hey, this is a winning coach. That's what we'd really love to have here. Um, but I, I do think he'd be a great fit for the Broncos. What they need right now, that disciplinary guy, that's going to get them playing very solid football. He's going to come in with a big plan of what kind of identity he wants to bring into this whole organization. You know, it's I, I've been saying this quarterback, head coach, top two positions that you need right in your organization. You get those two right. You can cover up a lot of other bad things. And Jim Harbaugh, I think he's one of those culture changing kind of coaches. <clears throat> a guy like Andy Reid, when he came into the Chiefs, he changed everything just yeah. by being there. You know, and obviously then you add the quarterback there in Mahomes and it just takes him over the top. Yep. So having Jim Harbaugh with his personality, I think he can really get these guys whipped into shape. He won't be fun to play with. But it's Bill Belichick was kind of the same way. You know, a lot of players after they leave New England would be like, I hated that place, but you won. Yeah. So you got you to gotta pick what you want there. It's it's fun to win. It's not fun to lose and get your butt kicked out there like the Broncos had too many times this season. So yep. I don't know. You have the players you talked about. Uh, like KJ Hamler, I think, was so-so on bringing in Jim Harbaugh. There might have been another one as well. But then you have Garrett Bowles on the other side saying this team needs to come in and bring in a strict coach, a tough coach who the rules apply to everybody and uh, comes in and, you know, whips this team into shape. So obviously every single person is going to have a different opinion on who they want and what style they want. In the end though, it's a results business and uh, the more laissez-faire relaxed style head coach, you know, we're giving you days off and old man days and whatnot. You guys stunk this year. It's going to be different. Uh, yeah. If you wanted to keep your buddy in town, shouldn't have lost 12 games I just, right. and as rough as that sounds i don't care um it's you know it's a results business the yeah. end of day it was um, baron browning was the other player that they asked about that question ohio state yeah <laughs> so uh we got our guy david coming in saying good evening broncos country nick carl and deacon scott still waiting for harbaugh hashtag mhh for life hashtag denver broncos for life uh we're waiting we'll see what else happens here uh with that broncos obviously interviewing evero they had a two-hour interview with jim harbaugh yesterday and i gotta ask i saw a little bit of sentiment that you know, oh my god only a two-hour zoom interview with jim harbaugh i'm fully expecting the broncos to have preliminary interviews with all these guys around one and yeah. then i think they'll probably have two or three interviews with people in person once that january 17th uh deadline passes not it's not a deadline when january yeah. 17th opens and you can have the in-person interviews all right so you've probably you've been on a few zoom meetings before for work two hours of a zoom meeting I'm sorry. Everybody is done at that point. I, I you should join some of these uh, science conference calls that I'm on because th no, sir, they're still going. <laughs> That's more of a conference, a present that multiple people. Right, to. right. Yeah. But yeah. the idea of like sitting down, having a real conversation for for a couple hours straight. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. It, it just that doesn't bother me one bit. Really, this is more just a preliminary. Hey, you're a guy that we can talk to right now. We just want to introduce introduce ourselves. You can introduce yourself. Maybe there's a few questions of, hey, what what would you like? You know, what what are you expecting from us? Here's what we're expecting from you. Th those beginning conversations, but mm -hmm. it, it's nothing beyond that at this point. You know, you got to think a lot of times those in-person interviews that they were doing last year, uh, either they flew there, so you're going to spend the entire day, or they had them in the facility eventually, and you're going to be taking them around the facility, showing them around everything, showing them where their office is going to be, showing them the fields you know, weight room, all that kind of stuff that adds extra time. 
Yeah. So that's why this is just a short meeting. It, it just was nothing. Like I said, after two hours, you're all sitting there going, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go. I'm, we'll talk later kind of thing. So it doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah. I think it's much to do about nothing, but uh, yeah. we'll see. If, if he doesn't get a second interview, I think that's a big one. I want to come back to this Jim Harbaugh thing as well. But first, Gary Palmer coming in. Gary leads Palmer, the notorious GLP. 999 super supporting us on the show. Thank you so much. And if you guys can support like Gary, that's awesome. If not click the thumbs up on the way in the way out, hanging out with us saying, Hey, Nick, Carl and Scott and Broncos country still hoping for Jim Harbaugh, but is there a way to use bonuses to avoid the cap? Just wondering. It feels like this is two different questions here. Does, yeah. The bonuses don't relate to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Cause co- there is no coaching cap. As far as avoiding the cap, there's a way to keep kicking money, kick the can, so to speak down the line. Um, changing the the cap hit into guarantees and bonuses, lowering lowering the immediate cap hit, but raising it down the down the stretch is kind of like you know the national debt, right? Oh, we'll pay it now, but we'll have bigger inflation later on. Whatever. I'm yeah. not an economist. <laughs> I might have gotten that completely wrong. <laughs> Don't take financial advice from me, uh, except if you want to pay Iowa players for them to get some good wide receivers in there. God bless it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think yeah, you can. There's a way to set up the contract where you can pay restructure the deal give them more guarantees, which is cash in their pocket, lowering their immediate cap hit, which would be the salary hit for that season and raising the guaranteed signing bonus over the rest of the contract, which then applies mostly over the later years. Right. I I always think of it as the the Patrick Mahomes contract is a great example of this. I I know a lot of people balked at that whole, like, Oh my goodness, he's making how much was it? $500 million over 10 years or something like that. And people are going, oh, they can't do that. Well, they they built in like every three years, we can reset this contract Mm -hmm. so we can keep working how the cap's going to go for this. And and so as much as, you know, you look at, okay, this is how much cap space the Broncos have. It's pretty easy to manipulate that. Now, yes, you eventually have to make that pay. Like Mm -hmm. like you got to figure out how to have that balance come out of, okay, these three players are having a really big cap hit this year. That means these five players need to have a lower one to make it work. Yep. And so you're just always working on that, that balance there with all that. Um, so it's, it's a hard, it's a hard cap in the sense of, Hey, this is how much cap space you can use, but it's a soft cap in the sense of you can figure out the money to make it work. And if you have a lot of cash to spend, like the Broncos do, that's not a problem. You know, I yeah. mean, look at the, they just spent $400,000 to fix a field for one game. They're not really worried about cash. They can throw that around. And it's no big deal for them. So uh, yeah. that's the nice thing for the Broncos now, where in the past, this was a really big issue. They didn't have that money to, to put in those guarantees. That's yeah. why you saw a lot of contracts get hung up for the Broncos with, you know, like Von Miller. It was really hard for them to come up with. How are we going to make these guarantees work for him? We just don't have that kind of cash sitting around, especially with, you know, Pat Bowen when he was sick and wasn't there to, to sign the, the paychecks or anything like that. It made things difficult for him. So thankfully those days are gone. Yep. Those days are gone. And uh, you mentioned the you know, the Broncos ownership can just throw around a little bit of cash, but also rich people didn't get rich by wasting money. So they want to get a good return on their investment still. Maybe that was a little bit of a look what we can do uh, thing going on there. Dave Glassman, my two favorite Broncos podcasters are Nick and Perna and also Carl. Um, I'll, <laughs> I've only given money to MHH. Well, thank you so much, Dave. We appreciate that. Um, also Phil coming in. So the jets and then us for the longest time missing the playoffs. God, that has to change this season. Want to shout out to Zach Wilson and the Jets for keeping that streak alive uh, for yeah. them being the number one team for the longest playoff drought 
and not the Denver Broncos. So shout out to you, Zach Wilson. May you play out the rest of your rookie contract in New York. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, Does that make uh, me bitter? Nice. Am I spiteful for that? No, no. I, I, well, I still remember that draft. You know, we were not all that high on Zach Wilson. I mean, we were still high. Like we still thought he had oh. a first round grade. So don't get me wrong, but you know, to put him as that number two quarterback in that draft, that, that was getting kind of crazy for me, but we got Patrick coming in here saying afternoon, gents afternoon to you as well there, Patrick. Glad you could be joining us and chase coming in with super chat saying, how would you foresee the O-line in year one under Jim Harbaugh? I mean, gosh, that's such a hard question because there's so many moving parts here. I think the unit would be functioning a lot better than we saw this year, but that's more so to do because of coaching and identity up front and also buy-in from quarterback and other players in terms of what that identity looks like. Uh, so I foresee them being better, but the actual personnel, it's so hard to say. I mean, yeah. are the Broncos going to have their first round pick when they're on the clock officially? Are they going to trade back? I mean, are they going to make some waves in free agency? The scheme will change. Jim Harbaugh historically has liked more of a heavy power type of off uh, offensive run scheme, but teams are running such a diverse set of run plays today where you need to be able to dabble in a little bit of everything. Uh, so they probably de-emphasize, you know, the agility, the outside zone movement skills a tad, but you're still looking for some guys that uh, can fit and do both things. So they'd be better. Um, and I think yeah. also the offensive play calling would protect them and they would probably limit the, the amount of drop back, long progressing plays uh, that we saw this year when, before the Broncos made that shift from that Casey game onwards. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think if Jim Harbaugh was here, I'd more be able to talk about the players that wouldn't be back for sure. I don't think you'd see Dalton Reisner back because I don't think he fits that power scheme at all. Um, you know, that was a big problem of his. He couldn't get a whole lot of movement like he wanted moving forward. He's more of a kind of a side to side guy. Some of his best blocks were when he was pulling. You wouldn't be asking him to do that quite as much. I mean, pulling's a pulling's a power concept. It, um, yeah, I mean, it's still going to be there. I'm not saying it completely gets thrown out, but yeah. again, if you're asking him to have to move forward, he's just not. He's not that guy, and he struggles mm -hmm. with it. But I mean, I, I I wouldn't want him back even if it wasn't going towards the power scheme. So yeah, that, that's just my personal opinion at that point. Hundred percent. And we also got our guy Heath. Coming in here saying, hey, Nick and Carl, what do you think about Harbaugh head coach and Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator? You're not going to be able to get Dan Quinn from the Cowboys in a lateral positional move. Uh, but if he was fired, uh, then sure. I think Dan Quinn's a really good defensive coordinator and his players really like him. Uh, but not going to happen. I mean, there was rumors last year where the Broncos were interested in Dan Quinn as the head coach. But Jerry Jones pretty much said, we're going to pay you like a head coach to remain as our defensive coordinator. The Broncos still could have hired him because... I think they still would have paid him more money as a head coach than Dan Quinn to be a defensive coordinator, but definitely uh, probably not going to happen. Uh, we got John Juno coming in saying besides Peyton and Harbaugh, 
who's your guy? So Carl, do you have any other your guy in here um, that you'd be interested in the Broncos hiring? Of the list of guys, D'Amico Ryans is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're seeing what he's doing down there in San Francisco. He's got talent. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's maybe got the defensive player of the year, but uh, at the same time, I just I love his scheme. It is very, uh, very disciplined. Everybody knows their job. Everybody's doing their job to their best ability, and you're just seeing them uh, just confusing offenses left and right. Uh, they just I really think that they were the best defense in all of the NFL this past season. And I'm not sure that you could claim that they had the most talent of anybody out there. They, like I said, they had plenty of talent. Don't, I think they were top 10 in talent, but he definitely maximized the talent. And I think he has that kind of personality that you really look for in a head coach. I like that. He's a very kind of no nonsense kind of guy, which is what the Broncos need right now. I know Vic Fangio was kind of that way, but I feel like D'Amico is a little bit more of a player's guy because he was a player. Mm-hmm. So he understands that side of it a little bit more. So he definitely would be probably next on my list. What about you? D'Amico Ryan's way up there for me. I really am interested in Ben Johnson, uh, offensive coordinator from the Lions. I think I saw that the Lions of the season were number one in the NFL in poorly covered, I think it was like, players open or poorly covered plays um, from opposing defenses. And that's not just, I mean, Amon Ra's a good wide receiver. It's not like they have Jerry Judy out there getting separation on a poorly covered play. That's guys being schemed open uh, by the offensive coordinator. I think Ben Johnson is a phenomenal uh, offensive mind. What he did there with Detroit with Jared Goff looking like a top 10 quarterback for stretches of this season with, I mean, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are running back. They traded away their number one tight end. Uh, Josh Reynolds, one of their top wide receivers. I mean, that was a, Hell of a job by Ben Johnson. So he's yeah. way up there for me. I love D'Amico Ryans. Went on him about him a lot this morning. He'd be up there. Also, I think uh, St- uh, Shane Steichman, uh, Steichen from Philly would have my interest, as well as a guy who's getting, I think he's had two uh, interviews so far. Surprising for me. I thought he's, I think he's a year early, but because he's a young offensive mind, uh, he's getting a chance even sooner. But uh, Mike Kafka is was a longtime quarterback coach, offensive uh, coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. He went over and he's actually been calling plays under Brian Dabble uh, with the New York Giants this season. Brian Dabble, obviously a lot of input on what that offense is, but I mean, they made Daniel Jones look like a pretty darn good quarterback this season and uh, without really any pass catchers out there. Uh, That Giants team is horrible. uh, Pass catching weapons look pretty good. So Mike Kafka is another one that I didn't, I obviously known about him for a bit. I remember him at Northwestern ticking me off uh, those years that they were pretty feisty against the Iowa Hawkeyes. There's a quarterback there at Northwestern, uh, but really a, a name to keep in mind on um, if he doesn't get a head coaching gig this cycle. Cause I think he's got an interview with the Panthers and the Texans uh, this cycle. So yeah. far. All right. Well, we got Elliot coming in here with the super chat saying hello from page, Arizona offensive player of the year, Wilson, number three in 2023. How about comeback player of the year? Is that I'll awesome? take that. I'll take, well, I mean, I'll take either of those really, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've seen that there's those flashes of Wilson that he can still be a great player can still, mm-hmm. especially make those plays outside the, the structure of the play. I mean, that throw to Jerry Judy right at the end of the half magical. I mean, that, that, that was classic Russell Wilson right there. And so he, he yeah. can still do some of that. You just got to find a coach that can really meld with that of take advantage of his ability to, to do that. Um, and also limit his weaknesses. Yeah. That, that's another thing that kind of gets overlapped here is just understanding, okay, he can't do this. Let's not 
force him to do this. Let's not play to this unless we absolutely have to. You know, like every once in a while, you still got to mix it in just to keep teams mm-hmm. honest. But, uh, but at the same time, like I said, play to a player's strengths. You have to have buy-in though from the coach, the players, and uh, the quarterback specifically. I still yep. don't dump it all on Nathaniel Hackett for what this yep. offense looked like this season. Uh, my understanding from multiple people, Russell Wilson had a big hand on what they were ran. Apparently, he had an idea of what he wanted his offense to be in Seattle uh, while he was there, and was saying like, "We're not running some of this stuff. We're we think you're best in this." And uh, he got his way, he got out, and he got in a team that gave him more power, and it was bad. And maybe that humbled that we got this season or kind of maybe an eye opening eye opening <laughs> from how this season looked compared to what we saw the last few games and the Broncos putting up much better output of points. Maybe you have a better uh, idea of how you need to play and what it looks like for you to be successful. Uh, Matt Manic coming in here, $5 saying which coaching candidate gives us the best chance of getting Munchak back in town. Hmm. I always say that it's a connections league, but I've heard that Munchak was not as interested in working with an outside zone type of scheme. So power scheme. I mean, I guess there's a chance with Harbaugh. I just, mm-hmm. I Harbaugh such an interesting character that, you know, maybe Munchak would be like, Oh, hell no. <laughs> I'm not working yeah. under that guy. No way. So, right. Well, I, I, I don't know. I guess that, that honestly, if I was the Broncos ownership group or Damani Leach or George Payton, that'd be one of the questions I'm asking. Like, Hey, we got a guy in town still in Denver under contact, mm-hmm. still with Denver. Who's one of the best offensive coach, offensive line coaches of all time would you be interested in him being a part of your staff? And if they say yes, that's a tick up for me in my book. That's, but that's just me being a Munchak lover. And obviously Matt is as well uh, asking the question here. Right. I do wonder a little bit because like I said, Michigan offensive lines have been incredible. Mm-hmm. Is he bringing some of that Michigan staff with him? And especially looking at that offensive line group and saying, Hey, you guys did some great things developing these guys. We think you can do that in the NFL too. So I, I do question that a little bit, but like I said, I mean, if you can get him and Munchak both in this building, that's a lot of, that's a lot of firepower for the Broncos being added back into this building. Yeah. hundred percent. And just circling to that, uh, tying that point to a point that we make it made earlier about the Jim Moore award, which is the offensive best offensive line in college football. Michigan won that back-to-back seasons, not an offensive line dominated with NFL players. I think they had one drafted last year. That was a six round pick. Who's kind of been like a practice squad kind of player. And they don't have any, like, no doubt, first round, second round, third round players in this draft either. Their their center, whose name escapes me, probably like a day three center prospect. And other than that, though, none of those names really stand out as, no doubt, offensive line uh, prospects in this upcoming cycle. Maybe a couple could develop still. But this is, uh, again, coming back to what's the big difference underneath the offensive line with Jim Harbaugh. The collective is going to be much better. They may not have – you don't have to make, I think – grand sweeping changes to the personnel for the offensive line to be that much better uh, than what we got from Butch Berry uh, this year. When you go to a Harbaugh scheme, if we're translating uh, what we've seen wherever Harbaugh's gone to the Denver Broncos, Phil yeah. McLaughlin coming in. How many offensive line guys do you guys think we need to pick up in the draft free agency? I say six. Scott has been saying six as well. Three and three agency, three in the draft. You're going to get some turnover no matter what. A lot of questions have to happen first. Um, are you going to bring back Reisner? Are you going to, cut Graham Glasgow or restructure him? Are you going to keep Cam Fleming? Uh, potentially, are you going to... There's a lot of questions there uh, that you have to see just yet. So, what happens... Are you going to move on from Garrett Bowles? I mean, yeah. are you going to approach him with a restructure? So, you need to probably have at least three new guys in there this season. Uh, right tackle, left guard, and center. And probably an early draft pick, if not two as well. But one, one at a time. First up is free agency. 
try to hammer away and fill some spots out where you feel comfortable heading into the season before you get to the draft. So let me ask you of those three positions, how would you like the Broncos to attack them? So let's say like left guard, would you rather see them go free agency or the draft? Just get the best players. I mean, I know that's really cliche, but guys that if you can get good ones in here and square away one of those positions, then God bless. Uh, that's the way I would go personally. I think Cam Fleming was one of your better offensive linemen this season. If you can pay him solid swing money and he mm-hmm. can compete with a rookie at right tackle, I think that's your best chance to get good play from that tackle position this season. He's not amazing, but he could play either tackle spot. He could play either guard spot. If you're a backup offensive lineman, you better damn well be able to play more than just one spot. Yep. Looking at uh, a left tackle that a lot of people call for on the Broncos team. Um, right. So <laughs> that's one that stands out for me. Uh, the I would probably pay decent money for an interior offensive lineman. Now, not to go way down a path here, but what happens with Draymond Jones impacts my path a lot as well. If you were playing the comp pick game for Draymond Jones, it changes how you attack free agency. And I would make sure I'm doing everything I can to ensure that I'm going to get that 2024 third round comp pick for Draymond Jones. Uh, so that if that meant I couldn't sign the number one interior offensive lineman in the cycle, I think I'd rather have the high draft pick uh, than do that. Cause I could probably find an interior offensive lineman elsewhere, draft free agency, uh, street free agents, et cetera, et cetera. So again, long, long winded answer. It's really convoluted and uh, compl- complicated, but mostly it's simple. Just yeah. get the good, get good players in there. And there's a number of good interior offensive linemen in this cycle that would intrigue me that I think would be, big ads uh, to this Broncos team, assuming they hit free agency. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard part is not a lot of great offensive linemen hit the market. There's always some big red flag that's coming with them. Mm -hmm. That's why the team's not willing to pay them. But we got Elliot D coming in saying we need a different quarterback too. What do you think? No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. You probably need a better quarterback three as well. What? Broncos quarterback three. Who is that? Exactly. <laughs> they don't have one out there. So you're probably talking guy that would really interest me uh, for the Broncos. And it's a lot of it will come down to who the coaching staff is what scheme they're running. But I think uh, Jacoby Brissett did in a phenomenal job this season in a no win situation with the Cleveland Browns. Cause he was always going to be displaced by Deshaun Watson when he was uh, not suspended any longer. He was also always going to be, you know, we're just waiting for Deshaun Watson, but he went in there and, apparently was just absolutely beloved by that locker room, stabilized that team. And it's almost sick, poetic injustice that happened to him because the Browns offense, I think was like top 12 in EPA per play, top 10 in EPA per play while he was playing. And their defense was I think 30th or something like that. And then soon as Deshaun Watson played Browns defense started performing like a top 10 DVOA defense. Now small sample size will always, you know, have to add that in there, but uh, he played pretty well uh, for that team. And I think you could probably get him for, you know, two year contracts, backup level money. So that's one that would interest me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I like that idea of that veteran backup that has shown some ability as a starter. Um, you know, I laughed a little bit about uh, Chase Daniels coming in this last game and they, they talked about his contract of he's been in the league for what, like 13 years, something like that. Was that 2011 when he was drafted? So, <clears throat> so however many years that's been. 12 years, 13 years, whatever. And uh, he's, I think, only started like two games. And this was his third game starting or something like that. He's made $40 million being a backup quarterback. Like to me, that's like the perfect position. As long as you're behind a really good veteran that doesn't miss a whole lot of games, you can still make some pretty darn decent money as a backup quarterback. 
yeah. and, and not have to do a whole lot on the field. And now, I mean, you have to do a lot off the field in the sense of film work and making the team really trust you to want to keep you around. That makes it worth it. But at the same time, yeah, and I, I do think that he would be a great addition to the Broncos for sure. Yeah, very much would interest me there. Um, we got Chris Hernandez saying, y'all rock, go Broncos. You rock, Chris. We appreciate you coming in. Uh, hope you're having a good one and really do appreciate you stopping by and uh, contributing to the show and just, you know, poking in and saying hello. Uh, so Azura Evero, uh, coming back to him, said the name right, Forever Evero, that's how I remember it. Uh, <laughs> chances that he's back next year for the Broncos at defensive coordinator, or do you think he's going to be pride away or defensive coordinator elsewhere? I think there's a pretty good chance he stays. I think he loves the players that are here. They know him well. I, I don't think he'll get a, a position. Maybe Houston would be the one I think would maybe offer him just because I I, I think they're going to be limited a little bit on who wants to even go interview there. I know they've already had a couple candidates that they requested already turn them down. Not a great sign when, when you can't even get a, you know, a guy to come in just for an interview, let alone, you know, hiring them kind of thing. So um, I, and I also think good chance the Broncos would give him a, a nice raise. Say, hey, kind of like Dan Quinn last year, we're going to pay you more like a head coach kind of money. Let's give this guy a raise. Let's give him up. Let's get him up there to about four or five million dollars as a defensive coordinator because he had a great season last last year. Again, sticking around. And, and like I said, maybe then the next year you're getting that third round or fourth round comp pick because of him leaving for another job. I, I do think he's going to be a head coach someday. I just don't think it's going to be this year. And I think there's going to be so many guys that respect him around the league, especially any coaches coming in. They're going to be like, yes, we got to keep this guy around. Certainly possible. I think they'd love to keep him. The question is, does he want to be back? Would they allow him to walk? I mean, nice payday would probably help want to keep him around, but who knows? I mean, it's a new situation. Maybe he wants to go elsewhere. It'll be interesting. No doubts. Uh, Michael Roche coming in here, 499 Super, saying, Sup, dudes, it's going back to good players. If Texas running back Bijan Robinson is available, when the Broncos pick, do we pick him up since the offensive line prospects are top end? Since another offensive line prospects are top end. So let's say, where do you think the Broncos are going to end up picking? Let's say the 28 right now. That feels like a safe spot. Everybody, yeah. I know we've been kind of cheering against the Seahawks this year because they, they're pointing and laughing at us. But uh, we want the Seahawks to win this week because that means the Broncos pick will be solidified. That also means that Ejiro Evero, excuse me, D'Amico Ryans will be able to fully focus in on the interview process. And right. uh, he's an option for the Broncos. So um, what do you think about B. John Robinson at say pick 28 for the Broncos? If the Broncos didn't have so many other really big needs, I would say that would be a great pick. You know, if they were in that kind of Super Bowl window and saying, hey, we're just missing that one more dynamic weapon on the offense, he would be such a huge addition. I love him as a running back. But right now, the Broncos are not in that kind of position to use that kind of capital at, at such a position. They need to really take someone from one of those top five positions of, of great value. Uh, offensive tackle, quarterback, wide receiver, edge, cornerback. I would add defensive tackle in there. I'd be okay with if you got a guy that you really like, especially right now with Draymond Jones gone. Uh, I'm trying to remember is Williams. I think he's a free agent as well. Yep, Deshaun. Yeah, Deshaun Williams. So, you know, it's a position that's losing a lot of players. So if you find a guy you really like at that position, usually you don't. But 
I would say those six positions are where you're looking and you're taking best player of those positions at 28 or wherever the Broncos are going to be picking. And Robinson, I'm just really going to hope that he's not going to go to a division rival because I think he'd be a problem. It really de- such a cop-out answer here for me. Um, it really depends on what the board looks like when you're picking and the where you're at with your long-term prognosis. There's the word. With Javante Williams' knee. Uh, I think yeah. Bijan Robinson is a running back prospect that is equivalent caliber in terms of talent for me with Saquon Barkley coming out. And I think that if you added him to this Broncos team, Russell, I mean, you might salvage Russell Wilson just by having him in the backfield playing a top 10 EPA offense next season. Cause you're never going to be able to see, he's not going to see any uh, two deep safety shells. And if he is, they're going to kill him. And also for all the home run to check down options, that is when Russell Wilson is better versus the full field, you know, multi-read uh, offense. So if he can get the ball to the running back, if you get the ball to Bijan Robinson in space, in a, even in a checkdown, it's a chance yeah. to be dy- uh, dynamic, explosive play. Right. Uh, so, I know that the running back position is devalued, and you are pretty much you know tossing up and setting it on fire the first year option on a running back because the tag I think is even cheaper than the first year option. Now maybe that late in the draft it's not, but uh, the I, I would have to consider it uh, for sure. Am I taking him? He's very much on the board. And uh, William Goodwin also says I think Bijan will be gone. I think Bijan's going to go top fifteen. I think yeah. that this is a draft class that is lacking enough in dynamism at the top that uh, Bijan, even though he's a running back, is going to be valued high and going to go pretty high. I mean, nobody has the combination of size, tackle-breaking, vision, elusiveness, receiving ability uh, that he has. Jamar Gibbs, I mean, really good player, but tiny, absolutely tiny. Uh, Blake Corum's gone back, so the running back position gets a little less uh, deep. It's just, I mean, Bijan Robinson's a special player. And I'm not big on taking running backs early. I think the value is trended up a little bit as of late, given how teams are playing such light boxes. So many teams playing cover two, cover four, cover six, meaning the run fits are harder for the safeties. You know, you have smaller body types out there. They're coming from more depth to fill those gaps. If you can force teams out of those types of looks, helps your explosive pass offense. So right. I, I would consider it. Um, he's uh, he's super talented. Yeah. And we got Michael Roach coming back saying, I meant the old line was weak at the top end, my bad, of the draft here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it. we'll get into the draft a lot more as we get closer to it. Right now we're kind of focused on the, the head coaching spot. But, you know, there are some offensive linemen I really do like in this draft mm-hmm. that I think could be huge additions for the Broncos. And I, I think there's some depth of some guys that I really like that could be there still in the third round that you could still feel pretty decent if they had to start. I mean, you're still going to be worried about that. Anytime you start a rookie, it's not always a, it's not a great thing. Yeah. You know, rarely do they come in and perform at a high level on that offensive line. You know, you got Tristan Wirfs. Obviously he's kind of a a unicorn when it comes to that kind of thing. I think they said he gave up zero sacks this year again, even when he was in, even with his injury, Uh, just crazy. We were one pick away from getting that guy. I don't know if the Broncos would have actually gone that direction, but still it's a nice thought. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I still think there might be somebody there for the offensive line that, that the Broncos could get excited about that they could plug in day one and have a decent starter right now. I'd say there are five offensive linemen to keep tabs on three of them probably being a pipe dream will not fall to the Broncos. Uh, Paris Johnson jr. Just declared today, left tackle, Ohio state played left guard last season, I guess two seasons ago now, uh, versatile, long, good mover. Apparently he's just an absolutely 
incredible human being as well. I think he's going to end up going top 15. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, versatile, probably the highest floor in this draft class. Played left tackle at uh, Nebraska or Northwestern, excuse me. Doesn't have a lot of length. I think he's going to end up being on the interior. Somebody might give him a chance at tackle, but uh, very high floor. He'll go top 20. Broderick Jones, assuming he comes out, we'll see. Um, the proposition of guys coming and going has become more erratic now that NIL is in play, but uh, he's very raw. He's probably going to be worse next season than what you got from Cam Fleming this year, but his tools and traits are super uh, intriguing. It's so hard to judge those Georgia offensive tackles because they play with such tight alignment and in uh, 12 personnel that like they never really see a true like speed drop back edge rusher because you have Darnell Washington playing next to them who's like 6'8", 270 and Broderick Bowers. I mean, not a lot of great reps to judge him off of what it'll look like in the league, but you can see the movement skills, the athleticism. I think he's gone as well. Then the two that uh, come to mind for me would be Darnell Wright, right tackle at Tennessee and Anton Harrison, offensive tackle, left tackle at Oklahoma. Those ones are the ones I think if you're looking offensive line ra- round one right now for where the Broncos will be picking, those two names are the ones that keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. And I, I think they're both pretty darn good players. I think they could be decent for the Broncos moving forward and could definitely solve that right tackle spot for you for at least their rookie contract. Um, so I, I wouldn't have any problem. I mean, it's a little higher than I'd maybe want to take them. Yeah. I still need to get more into a little bit more watching a couple of those guys, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, like I said, there's still some players there that I, I don't mind for the Broncos offensive line. Still got to add to that defense. And so, like I said, Bijan Robinson, uh, he, he'd be a great running back and a great addition. And like I said, he adds that extra dynamic because he is a good receiver as well. And when you have that, it definitely adds to that value of maybe becoming a first round kind of running back. I, I just, I look at the rest of the roster and I just say, oh, there's, there's so many holes that really needs uh, some talent. And when you go from first round to, you know, picking them there in the third round, back-to-back picks, which is going to be kind of fun come draft day, see if they actually pick back-to-back. But uh, I, I just would rather see it at a huge position of value if I can. Obviously, you want that. But you also don't want to pass on talent either. No. Team needs good players. Um, positional, positional value matters. I mean, let's say – just getting back to B. John Robinson real quick. We're already going way off the rails here with the draft stuff. But like <laughs> if you took positional value off the board, where would B. John Robinson be slotted in this class? Top 10. Easily. Top five. I mean, top five. Yeah. Top three. I mean, yeah. I mean, you see the talent. It's night and day. The, the drop off to the next guys is pretty darn far. There, there's you when you see that special talent. Yeah. It just it blows you away. You know, you and I have talked about some different running backs throughout the years that we've just really fallen in love with. Saquon Barkley is one of those guys that, you know, we just, we loved. Not sure we exactly wanted him for the Broncos quite at that time, but, uh, but he just, he's a guy that can turn nothing into something that yeah. the offensive line could fail and he could still have a successful play. Yeah. It's rare with those running backs. Usually they're very offensive line dependent. And so when you can find that kind of guy, it changes everything, but yep. they, they just, they're hard to find. And the other part of it is they're hard to stay healthy because teams really want to, to use them a lot because they are a star player. And usually you are using a top 15 pick to get them. And yeah. so it's just, you know, you look at like Josh Jacobs, he's kind of had an up and down career, had a really up year because he stayed healthy. Team looked a lot better because of it. <clears throat> but last year, 
he wasn't a great running back, had some major yeah. struggles, and he was a first round running back. So it just, you know, same with Saquon Barkley. When he's healthy, he's a special player. It's just, he's yeah. not very healthy all that often. 100%. And putting a bow on the uh, Robinson talk, Bijan Robinson, for me, it was Saquon Barkley, a great player. The Broncos were the fifth pick that season, not taking a running back top five. Yeah. Uh, the Pat, uh, McCaffrey year. Um, don't know of God. What's his? I have well, all that, the Iowa Hawkeyes on my mind right now. Connor McCaffrey is the Iowa Hawkeye shooting guard. Pat Pat McCaffrey's other player. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian. God yep. bless. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that uh, Broncos trade. Oh, they have the twentieth overall pick. Trade up into the top ten to go get him. No. If he's there at twenty. Okay. It's like yeah. that okay, and that's talented enough. Then that's where I sit with Bijan Robinson. If he falls to twenty-eight and he's there, he's talented enough that you definitely consider it. Probably not gonna fall twenty-eight. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in. Jim Harbaugh is my favorite candidate for the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. I am on the Jim Harbaugh train. I'm just giving you a hard time there. Jim Harbaugh. Uh definitely seems like he is the odds on favor right now. If it's not him, I would put money it on it being Dan Quinn. It doesn't seem like Sean Payton's going to be the guy, but uh we'll see. A lot of process left to go. And uh will be very, very interesting. And Scott and I talked about this this morning, Carl, and I'm going to put you on the spot now. Your top six uh, guys out of the ones that are interested, uh, the, the Broncos have lined up for interviews right now. We have six candidates in Azuro Evero. You have D'Amico Ryans. You have Raheem Morris, who we haven't talked about at all yet, the mm-hmm. defensive coordinator from the Rams. You have, uh, obviously, Dan Quinn. Uh, you have Sean Payton and then Jim Harbaugh. Can I get your six five four three two one list, please? So <laughs> I know this might anger a few people, but probably my six would be Evero. Mostly just he's been a defense coordinator for a year. And a lot of guys that make those really quick jumps, you don't see them be very successful when they get to that head coach spot. It's just that, that's asking a lot. Like they still need to settle into their position that they're in. I love Evero. I really do think that there's going to be a day where he's going to be a great head coach in this league. I just think he needs a little bit more time. Uh, probably next would be Raheem Morris. I like him. Like I said, I, I like all these guys. So it's mm-hmm. it's not any knock to have him at five there. You know, he's got some head coaching experience. Um, he's coached up some pretty good defenses there. And I had a lot of talent there with LA. So I I kind of want to take that into consideration, but um, but still like him a lot. Four, I guess would be, I'm trying to remember. Okay, so I got Dan Quinn, I've got Peyton, I've got Harbaugh and D'Amico Ryans. Okay, so then four would be Dan Quinn. I still think, I mean, I think sometimes we maybe bash on him way too much. Um, I I think there's still a lot of good head coaching in him. I think he did an okay job there there in Atlanta. You know, it's kind of an up and down battle. And um, some of that I do think I put on the GM. You know, they, they didn't always put a whole lot of talent towards that defense. And and so I don't put all that on uh, on Quinn of why that defense failed a lot of those years. And I think he is a great players coach. I mean, players talk very, very highly of that guy. And so for the Broncos, having his personality come in, I think he'd be well respected. D'Amico Ryan's there. Or no, then I'd have Sean Payton. My big part there at three uh, is because of the, just the compensation you're going to have to give to get them. The Broncos don't have a whole lot of draft capital as is. And it sounds like they are going to really want first round and more. 
how much more really matters within that. I'm mm-hmm. willing to give up pick 28 to get a, a caliber of Sean Payton. You're talking 2024 first round pick as well. I'm out. Mostly because we just don't know what Russell Wilson is. And I can't give up that kind of pick, especially that 24, 24 class of quarterback looking pretty good. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. things can change within a year. But, you know, Caleb Williams, he's shown for two years. Great player. You know, May from, from North Carolina, looking like a really, really strong player there moving forward. There's a couple other guys, you know, we'll, we'll get into them more when we get to that 2024 year. But, um, yeah, I just don't want to give up that kind of capital when I don't know what I have at quarterback. So that's why Sean Payton gets lowered there to third. Talent-wise, he's right up there with Harbaugh. But I just – I would struggle to want to give up all that. Um, then two would be D'Amico Ryans. Again, just love what I think he would bring to the table. I think he's got that right personality type. I think he's got that right mindset of what he needs – this building needs of that discipline, of accountability that he'd bring to the Broncos. And, of course, number one, Jim Harbaugh. I think he'd just be the, the home run pick. I think he's the perfect fit with what Russell Wilson needs. Maybe not so much what Russell Wilson wants, but that's okay. It shouldn't be the Russell Wilson show. This is the Denver Broncos show. And I think Jim Harbaugh would do a great job of really getting things in the right order. And I think he can turn this team around real quick. You know, I saw something earlier that uh, I think, what was it? Four of their five Broncos wins came against playoff teams this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, you got Chargers, Jags, 49ers. The only team that they beat that uh, didn't was the Houston Texans. Right. So, you know, I, I don't think the Broncos were completely all that far off. I mean, there's still some things that got to cleaned up and they're going to have to work on a lot of things. But I think if you get the right head coach in here and get a lot of these guys going in the right direction that, that need to be going in the right direction. I mean, every player needs to go in the right direction. But I mean, yeah. some of these guys, I think they just got a little lazy. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, with, with Hackett, he just let a lot of things go. And it built up and these players kind of took over. And instead of the head coach really laying down the law and saying, no, this is how it's going to be, he just kind of let guys do what they wanted. And you saw these really stupid penalties happening left and right. And I don't think he did a great job bringing in a great staff either. No. You know, that that was the other big thing with him where I feel like Jim Harbaugh, I feel like he's going to bring in a very strong staff. So yep. that's why he's my number one. We have the exact same order. So. Oh. You, you just listened to the show this morning. That's what it is. I, I did uh, not actually. I missed nah. it. I meant to actually listen good. while I was running, but I, I missed it. Uh, that hurts my feelings. I guess I'm, I'm not your number one, like some other people in here saying, but uh, we appreciate everyone joining us today. If you have any uh, other comments here, we're going to start wrapping it up. If you have anything you want us to get to make sure you hit us with a super as we, uh, that, that's the uh, two minute warning there for you guys. But yeah, no, it's really interesting to put a bow on it. Azuro Evero had his interview today. Uh, have not heard one way or on the other on him, but he has been requested to be interviewed with the Carolina Panther, excuse me, the Indianapolis Colts, as well as the Houston Texans. So worth keeping a tab on him. Is he going to be a head coach elsewhere next season? Is he going to be back in Denver as a defensive coordinator? Is he going to be with a different team as a defensive coordinator? Who's who's to say, Um, but very bright young mind, an ascending talent, and uh, another guy who's beloved by his players and did a great job with the Broncos scheme. Uh, this season, really fun with their their penny front up there, getting into some of that terminology. Five guys in the line of scrimmage, one single linebacker. See, is your Evero? We share a brain. 
off ball linebackers don't matter. We're going to take less off the field. Let's play. Let's uh, let's do a hay penny front. Six guys on the line of scrimmage, no linebackers. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, "Great show tonight, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos! Thank you so much, Michael. Um, appreciate you coming in and supporting us out there in Tucson. And always appreciate the uh, the shout outs on Twitter after the show is over. Oh, and one final thought. I meant to say this earlier. Just popped back into my brain. Uh, the Jim Harbaugh bit about the two-hour interview process, that did it matter or not? I agree with you, it didn't matter. One thing I find interesting here for the Jim Harbaugh to Denver connection seemed like, you know, let's say three, four days ago, there was a lot of smoke about Jim Harbaugh to Carolina. Mm-hmm. They had their meeting. Now it's, that's not happening. Carolina's moving on to their other options. Came out pretty quickly after yep. that happened. Haven't heard anything like that from Jim Harbaugh's interview with the Denver Broncos, where right. it was a very quick reaction, loud reaction to Jim Harbaugh, probably not being as interested in the Carolina and the power they're going to give him and whatnot compared to the, the Broncos interview process. So I think that's worth at least noting uh, because again, very strong reaction from Carolina that, Oh, we're moving in a new direction Yeah, uh, after that Harbaugh interview. Right. And, and Harbaugh's he's a no nonsense guy. He's going to let you know, Hey, this is exactly what I want. You can't give it to me. I'm moving on. Yeah. And it sounds like Carolina was like, Nope, we're good. Yep. And so I, yeah, I'm with you. you. You haven't heard any of that from the Broncos. Sounds like there's still very much a lot of interest on both sides to, to make that happen. And I, I, I'm trying to not get too excited about that because he is my number one, like I just said, and I think he'd be a home run for the Broncos, but you know, anything can change. And Jim Harbaugh, he's kind of one of those guys from one day to the next, you never know exactly what you're going to get completely. So he yeah. could, make the decision. Hey, I'm going back to Michigan. I don't know. But uh, right now I, I I'm getting cautiously optimistic that this is going to happen. Yep. hundred percent. Well guys, thanks for joining us tonight on building the Broncos. You can follow Carl on Twitter. He's at Carl Dummer, MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you're following our Twitter account at BFB underscore pod and the mothership account at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Got a lot of listeners in here on Facebook right now. A lot of eyeballs. Uh, If you guys haven't done so yet, make sure you're clicking that like over on Facebook or the heart reaction. We appreciate you guys coming in here and supporting us. Also make sure you're subscribing, liking and sharing over on YouTube. Click that bell icon. So that way, you know, when we go live, Uh, we got another last second uh, support here coming in from Phil McLaughlin. Great show tonight, guys. Thank you, Phil, so much for the support. We appreciate you guys. And for those of you guys listening and gals listening after the fact, make sure you're heading over to iTunes. Leave us a rate and review as well. Helps us a heck of a lot. Uh, Any final thoughts, Carl, before we get out of here? Uh, Otherwise, we'll see you again in a week. No, just make sure you guys are staying tuned in to our our shows here because a lot of things going to be happening here. You know, this first month, after the season's over, especially when you're doing this head coaching search and, you know, you got senior bowl coming up, uh, shrine bowl coming up. You got a lot of things that are going to be clicking here real quick. So make sure you guys are tuned in every morning and evening with all the different shows that we have going on. I promise we will not disappoint it. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun conversations for sure. Yeah. Will be a lot of fun conversations. Excited uh, to get into that with you guys. And thank you guys so much for joining us. George Fox asking, what about Shane Steichen, uh, the offense coordinator of the Eagles? Doesn't sound like the Broncos are going to bring him in for an interview. Uh, we'll see. Uh, he's going to get a chance, though. And he might be back. He might get a head coaching spot. I think the Colts and the Panthers and maybe the Texans have in- reached out to interview him. I haven't heard much about the uh, the Cardinals uh, other than Vance Joseph potentially getting a year there, which to me says we're tanking next season. Uh, and uh, 
Kyler Murray is going to be out and we might move on after that, but uh, who knows? Um, but appreciate you guys continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll see you later. Go Broncos. You've been listening to building the Broncos join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.